0: dreams and visions god's language of the night by dr david c herabedian in this book you'll discover god's purposes for dreams and visions for your life learn the seven primary purposes for dreams how to interpret dreams and visions by the holy spirit and the word of god how certain symbols and colors can have dual meanings and at times opposite meanings in this book You'll know how to best distinguish what God is speaking to you through His language of the night. Put a pen and paper by your bed, because once you hear this, dreams and visions are imminent. Chapter 1 Did you know that more than 30% of the Bible is compiled from dreams and visions? From Genesis to Revelation, God revealed His plan for His children through various dreams and visions. God still speaks to us today. If we but listen. Genesis records God calling Joseph to ministry at age seventeen through two back-to-back dreams, Genesis 37, 4-9. God later used him to interpret Pharaoh's dreams of Egypt's coming famine, Genesis 41, 1-36. Pharaoh then promoted Joseph from the prison house to the palace, and made him prime minister over all the land at age 30 god used joseph to deliver an entire nation plus his own family from a seven-year famine through accurate acknowledgement interpretation and application of two dreams god gave to a heathen king does god still speak this way today let's look at the scriptures and some contemporary examples for i am the lord i change not malachi 3 6 king james version what has been before will be again. There is nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1.9, the New International Version. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8, King James Version. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Acts 2.17, New International Version. The Bible clearly tells us that God speaks through the language of dreams and visions today. Scripture is full of examples. Church history records numerous examples. Many men and women of God altered history by obeying the dreams and visions He gave them. They include missionaries like Dr. Livingston, who carried the gospel to an unevangelized land. Corey Ten who saved the lives of many Jews by hiding them in her home during the Holocaust. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who had a dream that changed a nation. If God still speaks in dreams and visions today, why are we not experiencing them? Scripture provides the answer. Although God speaks again and again, no one pays attention to what he says. At night, when people are asleep, God Speaks in Dreams and Visions, Job 3314 15 The Good News Bible. Another translation renders it this way, For God does speak, now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, as they slumber in their beds, God does all these things to a man twice, even three times, to turn his soul from the pit that the light of life may shine on him Job 33:14-15 and verse 29 New International Version The question then is not if God is speaking this way today but are we listening when he does speak through the language of dreams and visions of the night for not everyone has faith 2 Thessalonians 3:2 New International Version You can never please God without faith without depending on him anyone who wants to come to god must believe that there is a god and that he rewards those who sincerely look for him hebrews 11:6 the living bible for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them but the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it hebrews 4:2 new king james version chapter 2 A practical example, in 1820, God brought a child into the world who would later be known as the Moses of her people. Her name was Harriet Tubman, also known as the conductor of the Underground Railroad. Harriet was born a slave on a Maryland plantation and later escaped to freedom on the Underground Railroad. God spoke to her in numerous dreams and visions, giving her specific instructions throughout her 92 years. He instructed her how to set other slaves free. God showed Harriet rivers, swamps, and passages through forests in advance. He also showed her how to lead slaves in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York safely to Canada during the pre-abolition days of slavery in the United States. Her life records numerous life-threatening trips that inspire faith. She led more than 300 black men, women, and children past the swamps, forests, rivers, and secret hiding places that marked the dangerous escape route to the north. Like Joseph in the Old Testament, who was used to help save his brothers and family, the Lord's dreams guided Harriet Tubman to return to the Maryland plantation and deliver her three brothers from slavery. This dear servant of God could neither read nor write. Yet she was never caught, and she never lost a single passenger as conductor of the railroad. Like Joseph and Mary, obeying the dreams God gave them to protect the baby Jesus, Harriet's life and ministry, protecting and delivering others, was also marked by God speaking, guiding, and directing her through dreams of the night. God shows no partiality. See Acts 10.34. He seeks a willing vessel with a fully committed heart, through whom he can speak today. See 2 Chronicles 16.9. Chapter 3. Why Does God Speak Through Dreams and Visions? God's purposes in speaking through the language of dreams and visions to mankind are numerous. Scripture records several, and we will examine seven of them with scriptural examples. God is speaking to you. Have you been listening? Or are you like those whom the Old Testament book of Job talks about? Although God speaks again and again, no one pays attention to what He says. At night when people are asleep, God speaks in dreams and visions. Job 33:14 and 15, the Good News Bible. This passage goes on to say, God does all these things to a man twice, even three times. Verse 29 in the New International Version. God speaks to believers young and old and non-believers through all walks of life. For example, during the last decade, hundreds of Muslims have reported experiencing a dream of Jesus appearing to them in the middle of the night. With His arms outstretched and looking at them with indescribable love in His eyes, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except by Me. When they awake from the dream, they find their way to the missionary station and ask to gain understanding of the dream. Then, the missionary opens the Bible to John 14 6, where Jesus is recorded saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except by me. The gospel is then shared, and the Muslim becomes a Christian, often returning to his home and leading his entire family to Christ. Acts sixteen thirty one, God is bringing the gospel to the unsaved in dreams of the night, calling them to faith in Jesus Christ. God is pouring out His Spirit through dreams and visions on all flesh to believers for direction, correction, confirmation, peace, intercession, warning, prophesying to others and calls to ministry, to non-believers to draw them to salvation, through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Chapter 4. What to do when God gives you a dream? First, we should earnestly expect God to speak to us in dreams and visions just as he promises. See Acts 217 and 18, Job 33 14 through 18, and Joel 228. Number 1, to warn us, God preserved the life of the baby Jesus by speaking to Joseph and Mary in a dream of the night and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed into their own country another way Matthew 2:12 King James Version Number 2 to direct us God provided direction to Joseph and Mary through a second dream after they had obeyed the first and when they were departed Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there, until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Matthew 2.13, King James Version. Number 3. To give us confirmation, or peace. God gave Joseph confirmation and peace to take Mary as his wife when he discovered she was pregnant. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins, Matthew 1, 18-21, the New International Version. Number four, to correct or rebuke us. God corrected King Abimelech, rebuking him in a dream at night for taking Abraham's wife Sarah as one of his concubines. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night, and said to him, You are as good as dead, because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, She is my sister? And didn't she also say, He is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all yours will die. Genesis twenty three 7 New International Version. Number five, to call us to intercession. God used the prophet Amos to intercede for the tribe of Jacob and his wrath against them diminished. This was accomplished in a series of three visions given to Amos. Twice, God showed Amos what he was about to do against Jacob or Israel. Amos interceded, saying, O Lord God, please forgive your people. Don't send them this plague. If you turn against Israel, what hope is there? For Israel is so small. Amos 7, 2 and 5, the Living Bible. Both times, God heard Amos' intercession in Israel's behalf. So the Lord relented and did not fulfill the vision. I won't do it. Amos 7, 3 and 6, the Living Bible. Do you think I like to see the wicked die? asks the Lord. Of course not. I only want him to turn from his wicked ways and live. Ezekiel 18.23, the Living Bible. Because God wants to save his people, he often reveals impending judgment through dreams and visions. Then we can intercede for others, diminishing or thwarting judgment for their sins. God also gives us advance warning of Satan's plans so we can counterattack through prayers of intercession for we are not unaware of his schemes 2 corinthians 2:11 new international version number 6 to prophesy to others god sometimes provides messages for others through the vehicle of dreams and visions this in its simplest terms is the gift of prophecy prophecy is hearing from god and speaking the message received to others God said to the entire church congregation in the book of Corinthians, for you can all prophesy, 1 Corinthians 14.31, New International Version. The book of Joel says, And afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Joel 2, 28-29, New International Version. All will receive it. Number seven, to call us to ministry. God sometimes uses the vehicle of a dream or a vision to call an individual into ministry. Joseph's experience followed this pattern, Genesis 37, 5, and 9. The prophet Isaiah also experienced his calling by vision, Isaiah 6:1 1-13. Saul of Tarsus met Jesus on the road to Damascus in an open vision, being knocked to the ground and blinded for three days, Acts 9, 1-9. God then spoke to Ananias in a vision, confirming Saul's call to ministry, with directions to lay hands on Saul, that he might be healed and filled with the Holy Ghost, Acts 9, 9 9-19. Jesus called Nathanael to the ministry, after having received a vision from the Father confirming the same. See John 1:46 through 46-49. And Jesus himself experienced an open vision of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Matthew three, sixteen and seventeen, the new revised standard version. In this manner, Jesus' call to ministry was confirmed before the people. God may call you in a similar manner today in the twenty-first century. For I am the Lord, I change not. Malachi three six, King James Version. Chapter five. Does God speak to everyone? Does God speak to everyone in dreams and visions, or just a select group? Scripture records God communicating through dreams and visions with many types of people. Soldiers in the enemy army, Judges 7, 9-15. To the wife of a governor, see Matthew 27, 17-20. Fruit pickers and herdsmen, see Amos 7, 14-15. And heathen kings, see Daniel 4, 4 4-5 and 9 and 18 and genesis 41 1 through 8 god's prophets in the old testament often received communications from god through this avenue see numbers 12 6 through 8 in the new testament god promises to pour out his spirit on all flesh in this manner see acts two seventeen and 18 in some the only thing that separates the person who is receiving and acting on revelation from heaven in this manner is faith and obedience. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Hebrews 4, 2, New International Version. Chapter 6, Are All Dreams from God? Scripture clearly establishes that God speaks to his children today through dreams and visions. But are all dreams and visions from God? Clearly not. Dreams and visions have three sources: God, Satan, and our own fleshly desires. God commands us to test the spirits. 1 John 4:1. Judge prophecies. 1 Corinthians 14:29-33 and distinguish the precious from the vile. Jeremiah 15, 19. At the same time, all of us are encouraged to prophesy, to hear from God and communicate His message to others. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 31. We are taught to become educated in God's spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 1, 2 Timothy two fifteen, And to earnestly desire the greater gifts, 1 Corinthians 12.31 We are commanded, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5.19-22 New International Version In other words, we are to spiritually eat the chicken and spit out the bones. Chapter 7 Growing from Faith to Faith Often, we grow from faith to faith, glory to glory, and grace to grace in our walk with God in Christ Jesus. Paul admonished us in the book of Hebrews to grow from drinking the milk of the word to eating. See Hebrews five thirteen to 14, King James Version. Another translation reads, You are like babies who can drink only milk, not old enough for solid food. And when a person is still living on milk, It shows he isn't very far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about the difference between right and wrong. He is still a baby Christian. You will never be able to eat solid spiritual food and understand the deeper things of God's Word until you become better Christians and learn right from wrong by practicing doing right the Living Bible. One of the fastest ways I've found to grow in the Lord is through intimate fellowship with Jesus in prayer and Bible study. This also includes learning to hear His voice, John 10, 27. One way God speaks to us is through dreams and visions, Acts 2:17. This enables us to effectively communicate God's Word and His heart to others that they might be saved, healed, delivered, and built up in Christ. Chapter 8 when God gives you a dream. When God gives you a dream, what should you do? This is a good question, and in this section, you're going to receive answers to this and more. First and foremost, when it comes to revelation, we should earnestly expect God to speak to us in dreams and visions, just as he promises. See Acts 2:17 and 18, Job 33:14 through 18, Joel 2: 28 and 29 and 1 Corinthians 14:31 God loves us to quote his word to him and ask for the experience and manifestation of his promises. We may first have to repent for discounting or speaking against the possibility of God communicating to us or others in this manner. This helps open the door to God visiting us in this biblical manner of communication. Second, Obey God's instruction to the prophet Habakkuk to write the vision down on paper. See Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3. I like to keep a pen and paper by my bed. Sometimes days go by and no dreams or visions come from the Lord. Then, when I least expect it, a vivid dream comes from the Holy Spirit and wakes me from my sleep. It may include a warning, direction, correction or rebuke from God, calling me to straighten out my own life. On one occasion, I remember seeing myself in a dream, talking and acting foolishly. Waking from the dream, I immediately rebuked the devil and quoted the verse that refers to Satan as the accuser of the brethren, Revelation 12, 11, casting him down. As it turned out, it wasn't the devil who gave me the dream, but the Lord. God, in His infinite mercy, showed me a film clip of how I'd been acting. Everyone was aware of my conduct but me. I later learned this after talking to a friend and sharing my dream. He was willing to tell me the truth. I repented, and God changed me. Dreams of correction are wonderful and can often accomplish more in us with a scene or two from heaven's perspective than a hundred sermons from God's ministers. God will also speak this way, calling us to intercession, to diminish or thwart judgment or Satan's plans for us or one of our loved ones. God may also speak a word of warning for others in our dreams at night. On several occasions before I was arrested, my mother called me after experiencing a dream or vision. She was a Christian, and I was not. God spoke words of warning to me through her. These warnings, concerning things my mother knew nothing about, proved accurate. They were confirmed in detail, describing a person physically, the automobile they drove, or the unique jewelry they wore. I avoided these people who were arrested, and they got others arrested. Some even died. Finally, God graced me with a dream of my own while I was still deep in sin. It was a dream of my own arrest along with three other people at an airfield in West Palm Beach, Florida. We were caught stealing a jet. He showed me the color and model of the jet, the tarmac, the people involved, the face of the lead agent, the courtroom, the magistrate judge, down to the style of watch she was wearing, and the charges against me. I woke up with a start. I shared the dream with my best friend and soon-to-be co-defendant. He pondered the dream and then said, "Eh, What's in a dream? We laughed together and put it out of our minds. Twenty-four hours later, we were arrested, and everything came to pass, down to the tiniest detail as shown in the dream. Judgment had come, but not without a warning from heaven. I ignored the warning. I didn't listen to God's voice speaking to me personally through a dream in the night. Come here and listen to me. I'll pour out the spirit of wisdom upon you and make you wise. I have called you so often, but still you won't come. I have pleaded, but all in vain, for you have spurned my counsel and reproof. Some day you'll be in trouble, and I'll laugh. Mock me, will you? I'll mock you. When a storm of terror surrounds you, and you are engulfed by anguish and distress, then I will not answer your cry for help. It will be too late, though you search me ever so anxiously. Proverbs 1, 23-27, The Living Bible A 22-year sentence with no possibility of parole was the consequence for my ongoing refusal to repent and turn back to God. I never heeded the numerous warnings that God's servants received through dreams and visions. God finally did bring me to salvation through prisoners who shared the good news of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for my sins. Since that wonderful day in a Leavenworth Penitentiary cell, God has graced me with a number of dreams and visions. Some were for my own correction and growth, and some were warnings to others who were headed down the wrong path. Sometimes these warnings are heeded. God draws sinners to repentance and thwarts the evil Satan had planned for them. At other times, the warnings are rejected, resulting in horrible circumstances that could have been easily avoided. Eventually, these unheeded warnings work together for good as the individual, like me, comes to Christ and God begins to restore them in every area of their lives. Do you desire to receive direction from the Holy Spirit through dreams and visions? If so, let's pray together now. Chapter 9 Prayer Father, I see in Your Word that You have always communicated with Your children through dreams and visions. Teach me, I pray, to hear Your voice through this language of the night, that is recorded throughout the bible from genesis to revelation grant me an obedient spirit to write down what you speak in the night and to seek you for interpretation by the holy spirit and the scriptures make me like others throughout history who have heard and obeyed your voice and were mightily used of you to experience liberty and growth in jesus christ tonight by faith, I place a pen and paper by my bed. I look forward to hearing you speak in the middle of the night, so I can write down what you may choose to reveal, to enable me to have a better walk with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Chapter 10. Interpreting God's Dreams and Visions, Helpful Hints. And they said unto Joseph, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And joseph said unto them do not interpretations belong to god genesis 40 verse 8 king james version the only way to accurately interpret a dream from god is by the spirit of god but god hath revealed them to us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yea the deep things of god 1 corinthians 2:10, king james version in the old testament God spoke these words concerning dreams and visions operating through His prophetic people. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses, who is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. Numbers 126 8 King James Version. When God speaks to us in a dream or vision, it is often in dark sayings or, as the NIV translation states, in riddles. To solve these riddles or to receive light or understanding into these dark sayings, we must seek God by the Holy Spirit to gain proper interpretation. Do not interpretations belong to God? Genesis 48. This is not so when God speaks with us as He did with Moses. For then, God speaks plainly in an audible voice, like a man speaks with his friend. This rarely occurs in most believers' lives, and when God does choose to communicate to us audibly, there's usually some rough sailing ahead, or we're already in a very serious situation, and this is the only way God can get His communication across to us to save us. In most situations, God speaks to us through dreams internal visions visions of the night the still small voice quickenings impressions and the like this is far more common for believers therefore in the following pages we will study interpreting symbols by the word and the spirit chapter 11 god desires our fellowship one of the main reasons god speaks to us in dreams and visions is not only to give us direction and instruction, but to draw us into His presence for fellowship. Dreams and visions cause us to seek God. No man can go unto the Father unless the Father draw him. John 6.44 God initiates fellowship by gracing us with dreams and visions. We, in turn, seek God for interpretation and receive interpretation and application while in fellowship with Him by His Spirit. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.10, King James Version. Chapter 12, Understanding God's Language of the Night There are many symbols God uses in communicating to us through dreams and visions. These include various symbols representing the Holy Spirit, such as oil, water, Fire, wine, a dove, etc. Symbols for the Word of God include bread, staff, a two edged sword, proceeding out of the mouth of God, manna from above, etc. Symbols for Jesus Christ include a rock, the light, chief cornerstone, lamb, king, shepherd, etc. Hence, the Bible is God's dictionary to assist us in decoding the riddles. God speaks to us in his language of dreams and visions given by the Holy Spirit. Table 1 on the following page is a list of examples of symbols and their meanings from the Bible. For example, fruit can mean good works, productivity. See Galatians 5:22 and 23, Matthew 7:20, 20, and Luke 3 9. Withered fruit can mean backsliding, lost fellowship with God. See Jude 1:12. Locust or grasshoppers can mean destruction, demonic attack, or God's judgment for sin. See Joel 1:4 and Joel 2:25. Spots can mean unclean spirits. False brethren. Wrinkles can mean imperfection of believers. Ephesians 5:27. Sheep can mean righteous, obedient. See Matthew 25:33 and 34. Goats can mean unrighteous or disobedient. See Matthew twenty-five thirty-three and forty-one. Light can indicate fellowship with God or truth. See First John one five and six. Dark can mean no fellowship with God or lying. See First John one five and six. Chains may mean bondage or suffering. See Psalms sixty-eight six and one forty-nine eight. Broken chains can mean liberty or freedom. See Acts 12:7. Narrow gate can mean way of righteousness. See Matthew 7:14 and Luke 13:24. Wide road can mean way of destruction. Matthew 7:13. Right side can mean on track with God, the right path or heaven. See Matthew 25:33 and 41. Left side can mean off track with God, wrong path, or hell. See Matthew 25, 33, and 34. Fat animals or good crops can mean prosperity, blessing of God. See Genesis 41, 26 and 27. Lean animals or poor crops can mean famine, judgment of God. See Genesis 41, 26 and 27. Scarlet or red. Can mean sins, transgressions. See Isaiah 1:18. Snow, or white, can mean righteousness, holiness. See Isaiah 1:18. Fire can mean gifts and anointing of the Holy Spirit. See Acts 2, three and four. Cloud can refer to the manifest presence of God. See 2 Chronicles 5:14 and 15. Oil can mean anointing of the Holy Spirit see mark 6:13 oil can also mean divine healing as in james 5:14 water can mean the infilling of the holy spirit john 4:13 4, and 14 and 7:37 and 39 those are some examples of symbols and their meanings this should give us some insight on how to better search the scriptures god's dictionary to learn the meaning of the symbol he has given us in a dream or vision Many other symbols in the Bible can give guidance on how to properly interpret what God is saying to us through this beautiful language of dreams and visions. They include numbers, colors, metals, precious stones, types of clothing, often denoting rank, position, office, warrior, worker, etc., weapons, size, big or small, short or tall, etc., we cannot limit God, and ultimately, when God speaks to us, only the Holy Spirit, who searches the deep things of God, can reveal God's message to us. First Corinthians 2:10 10 14, and Genesis 40, verse eight. Chapter 13: Two dreams: same interpretation. In the Old Testament story of Joseph, Genesis 37 through50, God gave Joseph two dreams with the same meaning interpretation almost immediately god began to fulfill the purposes and prophetic meaning of these dreams in joseph's life though it took a total of 22 years before they were completely fulfilled it began immediately with joseph's being sold into slavery by his own brothers genesis 37:12 through 36 and his parents and 11 brothers bowing down to him as ruler of the people of egypt genesis 42:6 Joseph, drawing from his history and dream experiences with God, was later able to properly interpret the two dreams God gave to Pharaoh. These dreams were different in content, but had the same meaning or interpretation. Genesis 41, 1 and 5. With this understanding, Joseph was able to boldly proclaim to Pharaoh not only the interpretation from God, but also the timing when these dreams would be fulfilled. Joseph declared to Pharaoh, and for the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice, it is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass, Genesis 41-32, King James Version. This proved accurate, and immediately the land of Egypt began experiencing seven years of feasting and harvest, followed by seven years of famine and poverty, Genesis forty-one fifty-three to 54 Hence, we can learn not only how to better interpret God's message through symbols by studying the Bible, but we can also learn better how to know the timing of God this way. Of course, the Word without the Spirit is a dead letter, as it is the Spirit that gives an understanding of the Word, and the Word confirms it is the Holy Spirit speaking. The Word and the Spirit are inseparable and interpret each other. CHAPTER Fourteen: EXAMPLES OF SYMBOLS WITH MORE THAN ONE MEANING We must be careful not to lean to our own understanding, lest we quickly fall into error when attempting to properly understand God's symbols and meanings received through His language of dreams and visions. Instead, we must always acknowledge Him by His Spirit when seeking interpretation and application of the revelation or we will end up misinterpreting what God is trying to communicate to us. For example, in many instances, the symbols which God uses to speak to us in dreams and visions can have opposite meanings. Let's take a quick look at some examples from the Scriptures. We can see from the scriptural symbols in Table 2 on the following page that we need the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit to impart interpretation and application of what God is speaking. Otherwise, it is impossible to accurately understand the message and instructions God is giving to direct our paths. Proverbs 3:5 and 6. This is one of the reasons why God sent godly men to interpret the dreams and visions He bestowed upon heathen kings. See Daniel 4, Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, and Genesis chapter 41 with Pharaoh and Joseph. Additionally, we can see from Scripture that there are also several symbols with multiple, more than one, meaning. Let's take a look at some of those to give us new understanding. The Lion of Judah means Jesus or good, Revelation 5.5. 5. Devouring Lion means devil or evil, 1 Peter 5.8. Serpent can mean Satan or death, Genesis 3.1-13 and Luke 10.17. Serpent can also mean Jesus and healing. John three fourteen and Numbers twenty one nine, wine can refer to the Holy Spirit and life. Acts two thirteen and Ephesians five eighteen, wine can also refer to drunkenness and death. Proverbs twenty three thirty one and thirty two, blood is judgment of God from Revelation fourteen nineteen and twenty, blood is also God's forgiveness. 1 John one seven, fear means bondage to the devil, Romans 8.15. Fear is also the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs 9.10. Angel of light means Satan or deception, 2 Corinthians 11.14. Light of the world refers to Jesus in truth, John 8.12 and Acts 9.3-5. Trees in the Bible are sometimes symbolic of people, Jeremiah 17.8-9 as well as nations, Matthew 24:32, They can also be symbols of kingdoms, Daniel 4, 1-34, or groups of people, Judges 9, 8-15. The book of Isaiah refers to believers as trees of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, and Daniel interpreted the giant tree in King Nebuchadnezzar's dream to be the king himself. So trees can be symbolic of numerous things in Scripture, this is why it is so important that we interpret symbols with the holy spirit and not just the word of god alone. Let's look at some other examples. Sword. A sword can represent sword of the spirit, destroying the devil's works, war, warfare, cutting away of false doctrines, the word of god, etc. It could also mean that god's judgment is falling on the enemy or the church. See Ezekiel 9:1-9 and 1 Peter 4.17, King James Version. I wonder if Ananias and Sapphira in the early church may not have had a warning dream or vision about God's judgment coming on them before lying to the Holy Spirit and dropping dead in the house of God, Acts 5.1-10. The Bible does say that God warns His people in dreams and visions to turn man from wrongdoing and pride. To preserve their souls from going down to the pit, or perishing by the sword, see job 33:14 to18. Fruit, another example. When speaking of false prophets, Jesus said, "You will know them by their fruits." Matthew 7:20. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Galatians 5:22 and 23. Paul is speaking of the fruit a true Christian should manifest. God commands, "Be fruitful and multiply" in Genesis 1:22, speaking of increase in life on earth, cattle, fish, plants, birds and the like. The fruit of your womb, Psalms 127:3 King James Version, speaks of the blessing of offspring. The fruit of the womb being slain, Hosea 9:16, refers to a curse from god on man's offspring arrows arrows can speak of children blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them arrows psalms 127 4-5 king james version arrows can speak of victory against our enemies the prophet elisha spoke prophetically to king joash of israel to take arrows and pound them in the ground second kings 1314 19 For each time Joash pounded or smote them on the ground, God gave Israel victory over her enemies. Though no specific instruction was given by Elisha on how many times the king was to smite the arrows to the ground, Elisha was angry with Joash for only smiting them three times instead of five or six, verses 18 to 19. Often we have more authority than we realize and should be bold when God asks us to do something prophetic like Joash. I wonder how many lives could have been saved had King Joash smote the arrows five or six times, and not just three. Israel won three battles and lost the rest. Arrows can also speak of the enemy's darts or lies, attacks, and strategies. See Ephesians 6.16, King James Version. So we see that from one symbol we can clearly have more than one scriptural meaning. This is why God has given us the Holy Spirit as counselor, teacher, and comforter to bring us into all truth. Chapter 15. God's will is that you be able to interpret what He gives. People often wonder why God speaks in dreams, visions, and symbolic ways why doesn't he just speak audibly all the time, or Jesus appear and give us our marching orders each morning? The answer to this may be because God desires fellowship with us. He met with Adam in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden before the fall. See Genesis 3.8, King James Version. But after Adam and Eve had sinned, the Bible indicates that they hid from God. Verse 8, often, We are still afraid of God due to our sinful nature, so God graces us with a dream or vision to draw us into His presence for fellowship and interpretation of what He has spoken through this wonderful language of the Spirit. By doing so, it causes us to seek Him afresh. The Song of Solomon records these words, Draw me, we will run after thee the king hath brought me into his chambers. Song of Solomon 1.4. If God doesn't draw us, we don't have it in ourselves to run after him. It's just not in our nature. No man can come unless the father draws him. John 6.44. God often speaks to us through dreams and visions in this symbolic or allegoric language. When we awake, we run after him, by opening our Bibles and seeking the Holy Spirit for interpretation of what we have seen. Chapter 16 Write the Dream or Vision Down on Paper This is the primary tool in beginning to properly interpret what God speaks in the night through dreams or visions. Simply keep a pen and paper next to your bed, and if you receive a dream or vision, get up and write it down. If you don't, you will often lose it and not remember the dream until after it comes to pass. The French refer to this phenomenon as déjà vu, a term describing the feeling that one has lived through the present situation before. The phrase translates literally as already seen, or the experience of experiencing something we've experienced before. I think many times God shows us something in a dream or vision of the night, and when we wake up, We don't always press into God for interpretation and application on what He's graciously shown us, but rather fall back to sleep. This is one reason I believe God told Habakkuk, Write the vision down. And the Lord answered me, and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak, and not lie though it tarry wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry habakkuk 2 2 and 3 king james version when we get up and take time to write the vision down god often shows us more and more and more daniel wrote his vision from the lord down and was later positioned to share these visions with the person in authority over the nation daniel was then promoted to a position of great political influence and authority in babylon while in captivity in the first year of belshazzar king of babylon daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed then he wrote down the dream telling the main facts daniel spoke saying i saw in my vision by night and behold the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea Daniel 7, 1 and 2, New King James Version. Daniel wrote down the main facts from the dream and visions of his head. The next day, he was able to look at this chronicling of the main facts and pray for interpretation and application of what to do with this revelation from God. Romans 15, 4, New King James Version says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. We can learn from God's command to Habakkuk to write the vision and Daniel's action to write the dream, and who knows what God will do with, to, and through us next. This one act of obedience to wake up and write down the main facts of our dreams could position us for greater and greater things with God. Chapter 17 Interpretation and clarity is often given when we write. Often, as we begin to write, the interpretation and clarity of the dream or vision is given to us by the Spirit. This is God's nature to do something in response to our action. Faith is an action. Show me your faith by what you do, for faith without works is dead, James two seventeen and 18. As we step out by faith and begin to write the vision or dream down, God begins to respond by giving us interpretation in like manner. Draw close to God, and He will draw closer to you, James 4.8. Not only will God often give us interpretation and clarity when we are obedient to write the vision, but He sometimes even begins speaking to us beyond what He has already shown us. For example, He may begin speaking to us for people who were not shown in the dream or vision, but is applicable also for them. Or He may speak to us of something totally unrelated about our own lives, once He has our undivided attention, and we are in the Spirit, so to speak. As you step out in obedience to the Word of God in the area of writing the dream or vision, God will do amazing things, but you'll have to put off the carnal nature which just wants to go back to sleep this requires some discipline at first but once you get the hang of it you may find god speaking to you through this vehicle more and more often remember god desires to communicate with you and he is no respecter of persons acts 10:34 king james version put a pen and paper by your bed tonight and keep it there until he speaks to you in this way chapter 18 Three components to properly administering a prophetic word. Understanding the three components of a prophetic word will change your effectiveness in the prophetic. I first learned these from a friend and then discovered many other prophetic people teach these three components when helping equip others to operate in their prophetic gifts. Each prophetic word is basically comprised of three parts or components. These components are the revelation the interpretation, and the application. A breakdown or failure in any one of these components can destroy the prophetic word or make useless its effectiveness. Just as a radio receiver has several components that work together to receive a signal, process the message, and project the words to the listener, so it is with a prophetic word. A breakdown in any one of these necessary components can result in a distorted message, With a lot of static at best or a message that becomes false at worst each of these three components revelation interpretation and application is often a distinct ingredient but they blend together to comprise a prophetic word let's take a look at them number one revelation the first part or component of a prophetic word is the information that we receive from god This is the information that God gives us without us having any prior natural knowledge or understanding. Revelation is basically knowledge or information that we could not have known unless God revealed it to us. Revelation comes in varied forms and on different levels. To learn more about the various ways God speaks, I recommend reading Hearing God, 25 Different Ways, available on Amazon. Revelation could come as a dream, a vision, a word or a song in the night, an impression, a suddenly knowing, the still small voice, a perceiving, etc. It's basically the what did you see, hear, or receive portion of a prophetic word. This component, without its correspondent, which we call interpretation, provides us very little value while standing alone. But when God gives us the interpretation, it instantly becomes of value. Number two interpretation the second part or component of a prophetic word is the interpretation this is the understanding and meaning the holy spirit illuminates from the revelation we have received interpretation is the what is god saying or what does this mean portion of the prophecy and number three application the third part or component of a prophetic word is the application This is the understanding of how we implement or utilize the revelation and interpretation that we received. Application is the what-do-we-do-with-this portion of prophecy. Many times, the application is not our job. This is important. God often brings the receiver into deep relationship with himself at this stage. This occurs when God requires the receiver to determine what he or she is supposed to do as a result of the prophetic word. We are all responsible to hear from God ourselves. Prophetic words either move us toward the Lord to see if this is so, or confirm He's already spoken to us to move us into action. Chapter 19, Stumbling Blocks That Hinder Us From Hearing God's Voice With Scriptural Cures for Each The Bible indicates there are several reasons we don't hear God speak. I call these barriers to hearing or stumbling blocks. The Bible promises that we can all hear his voice. Jesus himself said, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me." John 10:27. If we're not hearing or his voice is in any way hindered, there is usually a reason. I address these so you can recognize if you have a block from hearing God. And then remove it with one of God's proven cures. Number one, unrepentant sin, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. The cure is repentance and confession. 1 John 1, 9 through 10 and Psalms 51, 1 through 19. Number 2. Unbelief. John 6 40 and Mark 6 1-3. The cure is repentance. 1 John 1 9 and 10. Asking God to help our unbelief. Mark 9.24. Number three, feelings of unworthiness. The cure is knowing the truth. Romans 8.1 and 1 John 3.20 and 21. Number four, unforgiveness toward others. Mark 11.25. The cure is forgiving. Mark 11.26 and Matthew 6.12. Number five, anger towards God. Romans 8.6-8. The cure is repentance and asking God for his love in our hearts. 1 John 1:9-10 1, and 4:19. Number 6: Fear. Proverbs 29:25. The cure is repentance and asking God for his love and faith in place of fear. 1 John 4:17 and 18, 2 Timothy 1:7 and 2 Corinthians 4:13. Number 7: idolatry ezekiel 14 1-4 2 thessalonians 2 10-12 the cure is repentance and asking god to cleanse you from idols hidden sin and secret faults psalms 51 1-19 and psalms 19 12-13 and number eight offense jesus said and blessed is the one who is not offended by me Matthew 11.6, the English Standard Version. Offenses can come because of Christ who lives in us. Colossians 1.27. When we choose not to be offended by loving the law of God, we are then empowered to bring change to the situation. This is how often it is accomplished in earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.10 and 11. If we choose to be offended or take offense, we hear the voice of the world Instead of God's voice, the Old Testament says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalms 119, 165. When we are offended, it is not really an offense issue, but it's rooted in a lack of love in our heart. When we recognize this as the true problem, we can repent and then ask God to fill us with his love for the person or situation. He will then empower us to overcome anything, even as He endured the cross for us. Hebrews 12.2 For the joy that was set before Him, Jesus endured the cross. 2 Timothy 2.12 New Living Translation says, If we endure hardship, we will reign with Him. One of the above, or any combination of these, can hinder us from actually hearing the voice of God. To help ensure we are properly positioned to hear accurately and regularly from God, I want to empower you with the tools that will enable you to stay right with God daily. These are called the four REs to deliverance. A tried and tested tool that has proven effective all the years of my walk with Christ is what someone called the four REs of deliverance. These four REs all begin with the precursor letters RE and therefore are simple to remember. They are recognize, repent, renounce, and resist. As you read these, I encourage you to memorize and apply them today and in the future. These will prove invaluable in your walk and others you share them with. Number 1. Recognize that you have a problem The Bible declares that if we ask God, He will give us wisdom without finding fault. James one five through eight. When something is hindering us in accurately hearing God and we don't know what it is, we need special wisdom from the Lord to identify or recognize our enemy. Our enemy may be sin, a hindering spirit, or ourselves. Nevertheless, the Bible declares that as Christians we are no longer ignorant of the enemy's devices. 2 Corinthians two eleven. And if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask or inquire of God. James 1.5 For all who ask, receive, and he that seeks will find. Matthew 7.8 With God's help, we will be able to properly recognize the problem, and we can move to the second step in deliverance. Number 2. Repent from allowing this problem, sin, or hindrance into your life. The Bible says, "If we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness." 1 John 1:9. It's interesting to note that the verse just before this promise states, "If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin." Verse 7. The blood of Jesus does its cleansing work as we walk in the light. If we continue to walk in darkness, we will remain in our sin and be hindered from accurately and clearly hearing the Master's voice. Isaiah put it this way But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. Isaiah 59 2, New King James Version. By simply repenting, turning 180 degrees, and going the other direction from darkness to light, by confessing our sin and allowing the blood of Jesus to cleanse us, the hindrances will be removed, and we will begin hearing His voice. Number 3. Renounce the sin, mindset, stronghold, lifestyle, or hindrance. In some, this will break ties with the enemy. For illustrative purposes, we will use a marriage situation. Before you can rightfully be married to someone, you must be single. If we are still in a relationship with the enemy, we cannot be in a right one-on-one relationship with Jesus. We must personally renounce our old relationship before properly marrying afresh. God is forgiving, but He also requests we depart evil by coming out from among them and be separate. 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18 For what fellowship does light have with darkness? And what agreement does Christ have with the devil? Renounce these things and move forward clean with Christ. By doing so, you'll find yourself walking with Jesus and hearing his voice regularly. However, that doesn't mean the enemy won't try to infiltrate your relationship with Jesus again, which brings us to the fourth and final RE of deliverance. Number four, resist temptation and sin after the Lord has set you free. The Bible tells us that after we have submitted to God through the above three simple steps, we will then be empowered to properly resist the devil and he will flee from us, James 4.7. That doesn't mean the devil won't try to tempt us again. In fact, we have several examples from Scripture where the enemy was able to tempt and overcome men and women of God. Well after God called, gifted, and anointed him by his Holy Spirit, King David failed to resist the temptation with Bathsheba. He eventually committed adultery and murdered her husband. This was a man who was anointed to be prophet, priest, and king. King Saul loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. His desire to please the people instead of pleasing God caused the Spirit of God to depart from him and an evil spirit from the Lord to trouble him. First Samuel sixteen fourteen, Samson's problem was sexual sin over and over again. Because he failed to resist lust, he lost the Spirit of God, Judges 16, 20, and eventually died as a suicidal martyr, with his eyes plucked out in the palace of the Philistines, verses 23-31. Ananias and Sapphira appeared to be good Christians in the book of Acts, donating money to the church when unconfessed sin was revealed. Because they refused to confess and forsake their sin when confronted by the Holy Spirit through the apostles, they dropped dead in the presence of God. Acts 5, 1-11 Even Moses, whom the Bible declares was the meekest, most humble man on all the earth, failed to resist his weakness in the area of anger. He struck the rock twice and misrepresented God before the people numbers 20, 6 through 13 Aaron was with him and participated because of this Moses was not allowed to enter the promised land and Aaron died that day at the hand of the Lord The Bible says this about resisting temptation Blessed is the man who endures or resists temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. James 1, 12-15 It's interesting to note that the preceding verses in this chapter of James talk about asking God for wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives liberally and without finding fault, and it will be given to him, James 1.5, which returns us to our first step in the four R.E.s of deliverance. Recognize our problem. Then, deal with it through repentance by turning 180 degrees and going the other direction turning from sin and to the lord is the only true repentance next renounce the deed breaking ties with it and embracing the ways of the lord and finally resist the desires within us and the devil outside of us to stay free from the things that hinder us from hearing the voice of god Chapter 20 Conclusion God is speaking today. He loves when you take time to hear and obey His voice. Hearing and obeying is the key to releasing the miraculous and living a miraculous and fruitful lifestyle. Do you want this? If so, let's activate what we've learned by asking God now. Let's pray. Father God, I want to hear your voice accurately. You said in your word that your sheep hear your voice. I declare I am one of your sheep through my relationship with the Great Shepherd, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In fact, Jesus, I invite you into my heart afresh today. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit and tune my spiritual ears to hear your voice. I want to follow and obey you. Teach me how to recognize you when you speak, whether during my times of reading the Bible, prayer, your still small voice, a dream or vision of the night, or any other way you choose to speak to me. Teach me how to press in with you for more revelation, interpretation, and application so I can fulfill my assignment with you in the earth. I choose to put a pen and paper next to my bed in preparation of you visiting me with your language of the night. In Jesus mighty name, I stand in faith, fully expecting to receive dreams and visions of the night from you. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen. Chapter 21. About the author, Dr. David C. Herobedian. Guilty as charged. Those words used to haunt me, but not any longer. I heard them loud and clear from the judge. I didn't pass go, and I didn't collect $200. This wasn't monopoly. This was the feds who play for keeps. I was arrested with a stolen jet, and I was headed to jail for 20 years without parole. Considering how I was raised, how did I go so far down the road of darkness that I tried to steal jets for the Colombian cartel. What possessed me to do the things I did? We've all been prisoners in one form or another, whether it's a physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, mental prison, or even a religious one. Whether incarcerated or free, bondage comes in many forms, sometimes apparent, sometimes not. You may secretly be wearing the shackles of shame. Others may be successful in their jobs, but are privately held captive on their computers in the lockdown of lust. Another could be stuck for years in the underground of unforgiveness, held captive by condemnation, trapped in the dungeon of depression, or even bound in the bastille of bitterness. Whether it's the penitentiary of pride, the handcuffs of hatred, or something else, there is hope and freedom. I am living proof. Although I made many mistakes, I am humbled and encouraged to have learned firsthand that God chooses to use each of us in spite of our past, our habits, and even our strongholds. I think of Jacob, Joseph, and David in the Bible, all who had many rough edges, yet God used them mightily. He wants to use us all. Out of dozens of amazing moments where I've been privileged to see God honored, I've only included those the Holy Spirit highlighted to tell the true story of my rebellion, redemption, and the miraculous journey for myself and others into God's glorious freedom. I chose to write in short vignettes to highlight what God was doing to bring freedom to me and to capture men's hearts during the almost 20 years and in the nine different facilities where I served. Over 75% of prisoners end up incarcerated again. Often pursuing Him is the only thing that keeps prisoners from returning. Whether I was behind bars as a free man in Christ or out of prison, also a free man in Christ, I saw God going after my heart and always after others. God has a miraculous life of freedom for each of us, and He wants to use us, wherever we are, for His glory. Although some in the body of Christ don't believe in or rarely experience miracles, I was taught by my mother that God said it, and that makes it final. I believe that healings, visitations, hearing from God, and all that I read in God's Word is meant to be normal, abundant life. And that is the journey I've experienced. My reason for writing this book is to help inspire you to take your own journey to freedom. Dr. David C. Herabedian This was a part of David's autobiography, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, one of 15 books David has written in the series Freedom from Bondage. David and his wife, Joanna, are co-founders of VirtualChurchTV.com. They live in Orlando, Florida. David is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Joanna is a writer, singer, a prophetic psalmist. Together, they host a weekly TV broadcast called In His Presence, where all things are possible. David teaches, and Joanna plays piano and sings. People report receiving encouragement, deliverance, healing, and a tangible presence of the Lord while watching these programs. To download their ministry mobile app and access their ministry on demand, visit virtualchurchmedia.com, virtualchurchmedia.com. Through the generous donations and prayers of people like you and their sister ministry, Heart of America Prison Ministries helps provide leather-bound study Bibles to inmates on a waiting list of more than 2,000 prisoners. Heart Ministries was originally received through a vision from the Lord while David was sitting in a prison cell in 1990, awaiting sentencing. During David's incarceration, God answered his mother's prayers, and Jesus visited him. David's life was forever changed. Shortly thereafter, David received the gift of a leather-bound study Bible in the mail from a former prisoner. For the next 20 years, David spent three to five hours a day in this Bible, learning more about God's love for the world. His heart's desire now is to see others arrested and transformed by the same irresistible love and power of the Holy Spirit that transformed his life. To learn more about how you can help change lives, or to donate for Bibles for Prisoners, visit heartprisonministries.org. Partnering with them to help raise 12 disciples a year Through their Bible a Month program, can be life-changing for the prisoner as well as for the supporter. Visit HeartPrisonMinistries.org to learn more about how you can be the answer to someone's prayer. Virtual Church Publishing is the media subsidiary of VirtualChurchMedia.com. Their primary purpose is to provide ministry resource materials that will enable others to hear the voice of God, empowering others to fulfill god-given destinies for additional teachings ebooks videos spiritual development materials music ministry updates and more please visit these sites virtualchurchmedia.com heartprisonministries.org or davidherabedian.com